Welcome to the Homestead Podcast. You are joining co-hosts Carol and Jamie of TwoGalsHomesteading.com. If you found yourself here, that means you are ready to take responsibility for what you eat, your family's health, and your family's well-being while living a simpler life. You can do this and have fun, saving money along the way. Let them help you unleash the homesteader within. By doing more with less, you will gain what is needed to create confidence, impact, and change in your life and the lives around you. Let's start homesteading, let's start now. We'd like to give a special thank you to PicoSupply.com for sponsoring our podcast. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Carol. How are you today? Um, it's crazy <laughs> days around the world. I was going to say, we've we've had quite the weather. Yes. Not that it's been bad weather, it's just that it just keeps it's, snowing. It looks like winter. Yep, it looks like winter out there, feels like winter, although... It's been in the 20s, you, you so it's really not yeah. too bad. No, we're um, not below zero when but we haven't had like, 40 miles of wind yeah, chill yet. Yes, and so it's it's a pretty snow out there, yes, and we is. seem to be getting snow every day, just not a lot of snow. It's it's a really pretty snow, yes. and um, I've been recording my cows a little bit in the snow. I'm, I don't think they're very impressed, but I think it's pretty. Yeah, you love winter? <laughs> yes, I do love winter. Um, I think it's, I, I love the look of snow and everything. I just don't like, Bob and I said, you know, if we didn't have to deal with it, if we didn't have to shovel it and be out in the sub-zero when it's really cold, it probably wouldn't be so bad. Okay. I don't like to be cold, cold. Because actually I saw an ad on Facebook for there's a polar plunge group in Wilmer. Like, yes. Where they do cold mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. 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 Yeah, I know. I looked at it too. They do that every year and it, it comes up in that wellness group every year. And I'm just like, you girls are so brave. I'm, I is too old for that. I hear it's really awesome health-wise mm-hmm. for you, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, sorry. I don't think I could do that at this age. They have a great time doing it, yeah. too. Yeah. Yep. We'll leave it to them. Yeah. We'll leave it to the youngsters there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, we'd like to thank PicoSupply.com for s- sponsoring our podcast. And let's see. What do we want to talk about today? Should we go through our regular what's happening in Jamie's Kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. That's why don't we do. Okay. So Jamie's Kitchen is I am working on sourdough. I've made sourdough off and on for years uh-huh. and i don't know if i've ever really perfected a recipe that i like okay so you've done sourdough crackers and we yeah. tried those and they yeah. were just a little chewy they were yeah. quite cracker they were the flavor was really yes. good yeah the flavor but they were i didn't really it, think they were the greatest okay yep and then you know i was thinking afterwards you know how most crackers have holes poked in them do you think yeah. if you would have taken a fork and done that maybe some of that moisture or would whatever escape. made it chewy would have helped because I think they were the right thickness. Yeah. Well, see, it was like a really, I mean, all it was was sourdough starter and olive oil and then your herbs. Uh Uh-huh. And then you spread it on parchment paper and baked it. So you'd have to, because like when I scored it, I baked it 30 minutes, took it out, and then scored it, and then put it back in for another 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe if I put a little baking soda or baking powder in with it. Have not tried that yet this week. Okay. But I've been trying, I've been messing around with a couple different sardo bread recipes. And I, I I went back to the one that I originally used way back when, and it has oil and honey in it. Yep. Is and, that the one you brought over the other night? You you told me you had honey in that yeah, one. Yeah, that must okay. have been. So yep, yeah, that was good. So that one tastes m- almost more like a traditional yeast bread. Mm-hmm. And whereas I think when I do the the sourdough recipes, 
other people use, it doesn't have a fat or a sweetener in it, and they're chewier. Yep. I don't know if I like the chewier crust or not. Okay. So I'm playing around with it. So All right. we'll see. Well, you'll have to keep us updated on how you, and and you're, you're taking notes, right? Oh, yeah. Really <laughs> meticulous notes. We know me. Um, so I just, I like... Bob goes, well, what's this? I, I made one. He goes, well, I like this. And he goes, what, which recipe is this? And I'm going, mm, I kind of goofed on that one. It's kind of a wing one. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that didn't, that doesn't look right. We better add a little bit more flour. <laughs> and I ended up, and, it, and it's taken into account the humidity level in my mm-hmm. house. Was mm-hmm. Right now, I'm like going, oh, my humidity level is dropping in my house. I can tell now yep. I'm having to use less flour mm-hmm. or more water. Okay. Because the, the house is drying out. Yep. And, it's like, and that oh. happens in winter here. That's very yep. common yep. for us and to have dry houses. Ha- you don't even have to have a wood stove. It's just Minnesota indoor weather. And it gets dry because we got the heat running. It Time just did. sucks all the moisture out of the And air. then it's like, okay, now we got to get all the humidi- humidifiers <laughs> out in the house. And it's like, you're filling two or three of those all okay. over the house. So, okay. But that's so about all besides, you know. Your routine, regular. Cooking and, yep. yep. Okay. Um, so over here, my kitchen's been um, fairly active. I know I talked to you about the cheddar cheese I had made. Yeah. So I, I tried the hard farmhouse cheddar. And that actually we could have tried it when you guys were over here last weekend. And I forgot about it. And so I tried it, what, Monday? When did I send you that? Uh, yeah, it was sure. Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, oh, that's right. I was supposed to cut into that. Um, I did cut into it. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't know. There's there's some mold on the rind. Okay. And I was like, mm, on one side, just on the one side, cut into it. And it actually tastes like cheddar cheese. Yeah. I was, yes, I was, I was surprised. I was like, well, I'll, I'll try it because it, it looks kind of weird to me. And it smells kind of weird to me. But I think the, the smell, that, that odd smell, it doesn't smell bad. It just smells odd. I think it's because I coated it in butter. I coated oh. the rind in butter when, as I was letting it dry yeah. on, on the counter. And I think maybe that's what I'm smelling in because I used our, our raw, raw butter, butter yeah. you know, and that will eventually turn on you. you yeah. Know, I mean, it eventually does, but it, like I said, didn't, didn't pour any mold on the one side. On the other side, it did. And so I don't know, but it tastes like a mild cheddar. I was very impressed with myself. I'll be <laughs> honest. <laughs> and that I had used, uh, I had used, um, a Stonyfield, I used Stonyfield yogurt as my culture. Oh, okay. For that. So I didn't even use the whole sprinkle in and, and, and all. I mean, I did use rennet. Oh, okay. Um, you have to use rennet in order to get it to, Curd. You know, I didn't use a uh, culture, you know, the miso, I think is what they say. Oh, okay. Um, that's the one you usually use for cheddar. And, but it was, I mean, I, I really surprised myself. I was, I was pleasantly surprised that it actually tasted like cheddar cheese. I really had my doubts just because it just smelled different, just smelled odd. I guess it was a success. So, so do you have that in the refrigerator now? Yes. Or? After I cut into it, then I put it in plastic and put it in the refrigerator okay. to stop the aging. Because of course I had opened it up. So then I would have to seal that all back up if I was going to leave it set on the counter. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, I'm just going to put it in the refrigerator. So that's where it is. And I haven't done anything more with it yet. Probably dive into it this weekend. And maybe if you guys are over again, we might just put that yeah. on our charcuterie board that we seem to enjoy having (laughs) actually so it's like i thought oh fondue we haven't done Mm -hmm. a fondue for a while we have not and we know how much our husbands love those rich is a fondant (laughs) (laughs) anyway but yeah so i do have that cheese for us to to try 
and I also have done lard. I, oh, that's I, right. Yep, I, I used the crock pot and um, melted the pig fat from one of our pigs that the butcher fat yep. had dropped off. I did that in the crock pot, and so I've been using that now for our eggs and other frying that I've been doing. So I have that, and I will be doing more. I'm, I now have to do the, the leaf lard or the leaf fat that came off the pig so oh. that I can get ready for the holidays okay. and use okay. that fat for pie crusts and pastries and that type of thing that we have at Christmas time. I've never done that before. So that no. should be interesting because I've always made an all-butter pie crust. So this will oh. be this will be new to me to try using some lard in there because um, usually if it calls for Crisco, I just put butter in. Yeah, I do yep. that in cookie recipes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So maybe I'll try lard in some of the, you know, some of that leaf lard in that. Yeah. In those recipes because it cooks really clean. It really does. The my the pig lard that I have that I rendered anyway. It's it doesn't smell like pig or anything like that, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, because I know um, in the past, my mom has done lard in the past. I know that when you have done when we have used her lard, that you've got to change the ratio or something in your cookie doughs. Oh, okay. Otherwise, you taste the lard. Okay. But I haven't delved into that either. I mm-hmm. just always used butter because it mm-hmm. was easier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love I love the f- butter flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Type thing. So we'll we'll see. Um, I'm not real sure on that, but I did want to try the um, leaf lard in at least pie crust. Yeah. Just to see how that changes it. So that's I would, an adventure. I would want to do the- something like I don't know if I do a sugar cookie. Because that's a big butter. Yeah, it's a butter. Oh, I love my. I don't think I'd mess with my sugar cookie. But I'm recipe. wondering, like, like a molasses cookie yeah, or something. Yeah, or even something a, like maybe that. A chocolate. Maybe a chocolate something. Or maybe yeah. even just go half butter, half lard. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I have a really good molasses um, cookie recipe. Oh, I you'll have really, to make those for my husband. Yeah, that's one of oh, his favorite cookies. I love those things. It makes a big batch, too. So it uses a pound and a half of butter to start oh, with. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> But they are good. They would be with that much butter. <laughs> Let's see what else is going on. We we dabbled a little bit with eggnog this oh, past weekend. Yes. You sampled some of it. Yep. So um, Rich is always looking for eggnog recipes. That's just he loves eggnog and the stuff from the store is oh, I don't even know if you can. There's so many artificial ingredients in yeah in that eggnog, at least that you can buy here in Minnesota. And it's like I don't even know if you can call it eggnog you know and he any homemade recipe i've tried has always been um he's like i want that creaminess that you get from the store-bought stuff you know because it's kind of like the the yeah they consistency of cream yeah they put some type of thickener yep and so i've never been able to really accomplish that and i really haven't messed around with it all i'm not an eggnog person i don't like eggnog. you don't drink it you just no i don't drink it um we have made Way back when we still lived in town, we had made, I think it was Paula Dean's eggnog recipe. But that you have to drink fresh. Oh, you okay. make that and you are drinking it that same day. It's, oh, okay. There's no sitting it in the fridge and leaving it or whatever. Cause there's it just, no prepping it yeah, in for you know, and Because you, you, you incorporate the egg whites back in and stuff. And so you've got air in it and stuff. And oh, it's okay. one of those things where you really kind of have to drink it as soon as it's made or same day type thing. So in my search, I found... Alton Brown's eggnog, traditional eggnog recipe, and it's a boozy eggnog recipe. Oh, yes, yes. It was. 
and so um, I watched a couple YouTube videos on somebody making it or whatever. And I'm like, well, Rich, you want to give this a try? This is a lot of booze in here. And he's like, yeah, let's try it. And it's a, it's a one that you can drink the same day. But they recommend that you leave it sit in the refrigerator and let it age. Okay, for how long? For up to two months, Ooh. six months, a year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, supposedly the alcohol in there, because there's quite a bit, somehow or another allows the, the milk not to age and the eggs, because there's raw eggs, yeah. uh, raw egg yolks in there, and raw milk and raw cream. That's what I used, because that's what we have here. They say after two months, it's quite delicious. Now, you tried it the same day we made it. Yeah, it was good. Yep. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely boozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big hard liquor drinker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll have some, but but yeah, I'm I like, know. oh, <laughs> I that, that was like mm, that's potent. Yep. And Rich, Rich thought it was a just tastes like a really boozy, a good boozy eggnog. And so we'll see. Madison wasn't. She's like mm, maybe not. Although she saw it in the refrigerator and it was turned, so she couldn't see the label. And she thought at first it might have been the cream and she was going to put it in her coffee. And then she's Ooh. like, oh, no, that's right. Mom usually uses the other pour spigot on the cream. So I said, boy, you're lucky because that might have hit you when you were driving to work. <laughs> yeah. So she's learning that she needs to actually look and turn the container. Read make the sure yeah, Mom doesn't have something weird in the refrigerator or whatever. So we'll see. We'll update you on uh, yep. what how we do this. We'll probably taste it in a couple weeks again and... Then so, if you do Christmas, that would be Christmas, right yeah. around six so, weeks. Yeah, the recipe made just under a gallon. Just it was that's a lot of eggnog. Yeah, it was. I filled four quart jars, but the one quart jar wasn't totally full. It only had a little, you know, maybe a cup or two in it or oh, whatever. Okay. And we've already sampled out of that one, so we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. But it's stay got, tuned for part yeah, two. Yeah, it's got lots and lots of rave reviews on it, and so I guess. We'll see. I'm not, like I said, not an eggnog person, but I was really glad to see eight or 12 eggs out of my stash because my chickens are still laying. So did you figure out what to do with those 12 egg yolks? (laughs) Well, they went into the freezer. I'll probably make angel food cake. That's what I'm thinking. I just haven't gotten to it. And I was like, well, I'm just going to freeze them because they'll just. Can you do that after they've been frozen? I, I don't know, but they went into the freezer anyway, and then I can deal with them later. So that or next time you do freeze-dried eggs yeah Yeah, but that probably won't be for a while no it probably won't be but um i i don't know i just was i don't know food network or something yep you can go ahead and freeze them and save them for later and i didn't have a chance to look and i was like i need to get them in the freezer because they're going to turn on me yeah so i'll just put them away to the point of use them or lose them. yep exactly so they went into the freezer so we'll see because angel food cake isn't something that i make over the holidays maybe you can find a cookie recipe maybe well, we'll see, but I've got 12 egg right, whites sitting in my freezer <laughs> waiting for me. So for whenever I decide to do that. And the other thing that's happening in our kitchen, and it really doesn't involve cooking, but we are upgrading my kitchen, my home kitchen. We're adding an island and it's a DIY project that Rich is going to put together. And I'm sure he'll probably wrangle your hubby in yeah, with it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, be over here too. We've got the cabinets are coming at the end of the month. And um, we'll be ordering the countertops here shortly just because, well, we're using the local Menards. And I saw their flyer said this is the last of their 11% offs for the year. And so that's ending next week. We need to get that in there so we can get our little Lovely. discount because, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like that too. Going on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like to use their rebates. So because their rebates are paying for part of our, our island. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but that's a nice little program that they have for that. But other than that, I don't know if we have anything else. 
the freeze dryer, the Harvest Right freeze dryer, um, hasn't done a whole lot this past week or so. I just took greens out of it. I made some more greens for, oh. for chastity. And that was just kale and collard greens. And stuff that you just bought. Yes. Or, yeah. or got. Yeah, I got that. That wasn't anything that um, come out of my freezer to make more space in my freezer or anything like that. What was just, I use those things with chastity a lot. And I'm trying to concentrate our food a little bit more. If you don't know, we have a disabled adult daughter that lives with us. She is tube fed and I feed her uh, a real food diet. I do not feed her Nutrin or Pediasure or those Insure, that type of thing. She actually has a, I actually spend time every day making food for her. And so the freeze dryer is coming into play there with concentrating some of my foods for her. So I don't have to have such amount of bulk of food for her. Yes. We still have to make up with it for water, but that's easy to do. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just trying to feed her a smaller amount of food so she doesn't have four cups of food sitting in her belly at one time. And I can lower that down to two cups and then just give her extra water throughout the day. That's my goal. Besides possibly freeze drying some of her actual meals. I haven't gotten to that yet. To that point, yeah. 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 So that's about the only thing that come out of the um, Harvest Right freeze dryer. And the greens took about 12 hours and they were pre-frozen and it was kale and collard greens. So last time I did it, I think I had lettuce in there some kind of a spring mix or something but this time uh, my kale had a big bag of kale and it just filled my trays so I really didn't have room for much of anything else but she gets kale daily anyway so that's perfect so how long did it take to freeze dry that it took 10 about 10 to 12 hours because it kind of it kind of happened overnight and so because rich works during that he came home I fell asleep on the couch waiting for it to go into the final dry and so I just went to bed and he came home and then he made the adjustments. So it actually ran longer than it had to because it. Yeah, you wanted, we were on the final dry all overnight and then we had to get through milking. And so it ran longer than it needed to. But it takes about 10 to 12 hours if the greens are pre-frozen. Oh, okay. That's so, a that's a pretty quick run. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a fairly fast run. And that's kind of, a, you know, candy mode takes about four to six hours. That's the fastest one I've done so far. Okay. But yeah, the greens are pretty fast if you have them pre-frozen. Um, and then, of course, hunting season, deer hunting yes. season just ended here in Minnesota. Uh, Madison actually went with her boyfriend in that hunting party. She usually hunts with our neighbor. And this year she's got the boyfriend who hunts as well. And so they hunted on some public land down in the southern, southwestern portion of the state. Their hunting party got four deer okay. over the course of the two weekends. Because, okay. you know, we're, what is it? 14 days. How is it? It starts on I have no Saturday morning and then it goes for that full week into that month to that Sunday yeah. night. So whatever that is. Um, and so she was there for the weekends um, hunting and she did manage to shoot at the deer, one of the bucks they got, but she missed and her boyfriend took him down. The other guy got the other three. I think there was, I don't remember how many were in her hunting party. So she was there last night helping cut and process Impressive. the meat. So she came home with this big tray because I am not a good person for cooking steak. I told her, don't bring home any steak. <laughs> Guess what's in the box? Steak. steak and roast and backstrap and a few things like that. So I snapped a picture, sent it off to Thad. And said, <laughs> Tell me butcher, what And I'm like, help me out here. You know, and so he said, okay, sure. I'll, uh, after I get done in the shop today, I'll, I'll uh, send you over some recipes and give you some suggestions as to how to do it. Because normally I simply... Um, pressure can the deer. I just, I pressure can it. I, yep. I usually put tomato juice. So yep. it takes a little bit of that wild flavor out of there and yep. I can it in chunks and we just use it for soup. 
You know, oh, yeah. yep, I use it in soup. I know you don't do a lot of soup at your house because yeah. you have a husband who doesn't eat soup that much. <laughs> yeah, he'll eat it, but he yeah. doesn't want it every yeah. week. But we 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 consume a lot of soup in our house, and so that's how I usually use the venison. It would be nice to be able to use it a different Otherwise, way. Yeah. Now here's one way. We lived in South Dakota for a while, and this mm-hmm. was a South Dakota thing. Well, we okay. lived in Mitchell, and they called was it called chislet? You took stew meat, mm-hmm. venison. You cut venison into stew meat size. Yep. Yeah, you rolled it in a flour and then you deep fat fried it. And when you took it out, you put garlic salt on it. And then you would dip it in ketchup or a condiment oh. of your choice. Oh. And well, so Okay, so was the flour seasoned? Um, that probably was just salt and pepper. Okay. That's the way we've done it. Okay. And that's the only way I would eat venison <laughs> because the very first time I ever cooked venison, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Probably in three, four months or something mm-hmm. like that. And the smell of it made yep. me... The, yep. yep. If you get if you get true wild-raised venison... Yep. It was a Bemidji area. Yep. So they eat a lot of pine needles. So just the smell of it was like, I didn't have more sickness except for that one time I thought I was going to throw up. Uh, yeah. See, that happened too when we were early married. Mm-hmm. And my sisters always, I mean, my dad was a deer hunter. My mom hunted it. And then I pitched, they passed that down to my sister. And um, she always goes north. She's always in north. And she had gifted us some of the venison they had gotten. And this chesty was probably like two at the time. And I remember cooking these steaks. And oh. it smelled wild. And Rich is like, oh, this is really good. And all I could see was Bambi standing on my plate. <laughs> And I just couldn't eat. He ended up eating both, both, both steaks or whatever. But it was just I was. I'm like I, I can't eat this. And I mean, I grew up eating venison. Yeah. And so I don't know. Not that we, we probably not as I was older, but when I was little, little, mom and dad hunted all the time. I had a, I had a great uncle who lived in northern Minnesota, lived in a cabin with no running water. They went up there and they did hunting, and they come home with three, four bucks on the. On the truck, you know, or whatever. And so I know I ate venison as a kid, but yeah. I don't remember that. But boy, I tell you that, no, I couldn't do that. But I can today. doesn't bother me to eat venison. But that's what I learned is if you can it in tomato sauce, it will, it or it tomato down. juice. It tames it down. Yeah, it tames that wild flavor down. But yeah. around here, I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure all our deer are basically corn fed. Good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know because with Madison because they hunted on public land. So yeah. I'm not exactly sure what, their diet, what their diet is there. But she said they were cooking venison while they were doing this packaging. They had cooked up some steak chunks or something or another. And she said it was really tender and very delicious. So we'll see. I've Whoever got, was cooking it yep, knew how to yep, cook it. I've, I threw everything in the freezer but two packs of packages of steak. And so I've got that in the refrigerator and we'll see if I make it tonight or if I wait for Thad to give me a couple of good ideas of what to do with it. But we'll see and I'll see how it tastes for me. But yeah, I'm a little picky with the grass. But even though we have grass fed beef out here, that doesn't bother me. But the wild, wild flavors don't always yeah. go real well with me. So I don't think there's anything else that's no, going it's, on. It's a slow time in the kitchen right now. Right now. Well, next week will be very busy because... yeah. We'll be pep- prepping for, for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yep. I was just working on my menu here just before you came. I was actually doing a little bit of what do we want to have? Because we're pretty traditional in our house. I know you're not. Um, well, actually, my daughter is this year. Oh, okay. Well, actually, she wants to deep fry, fry a turkey. Okay. And that's one thing you were Yeah, it was so not my favorite meat. She, you know, and I said, I was just like, well, you keep all the leftovers then. Yep. 
Oh, that, that works too. Yeah. yeah. I like it fresh, but I didn't like the leftovers. Oh, that's right. That's what you did say, didn't you? Yeah. I've never had deep fat fried turkey. So that we'll just do the traditional roasting like we do. And, and I'm assuming she's going to use my fryer. Probably. <laughs> because she doesn't have one that I know of. I'm like, so do you need the fryer? Also, we're pretty traditional in our house. So we usually have turkey with dressing or stuffing. Stuffing, yep. Um, and I use an apple raisin stuffing without the raisins because I'm the only one who eats raisins in the house <laughs> that well in stuffing. Rich isn't really a stuffing person or a dressing person. We do mashed potatoes and gravy. I usually make um, cranberry relish. We usually have breads, you know, um, bread with the meal. I make homemade buns for yep. after the meal to make sandwiches and all that type of thing. And usually do squash, usually do sweet potatoes. So we usually do squash and sweet potatoes. And then we usually have one other vegetable because Rich doesn't do squash or sweet potatoes. Um, and let's see, pie. We usually have pumpkin pie, yeah. and pecan pie. Um, and that is probably basically what we have. We usually have a relish tray, cheese and crackers later in the evening, that type of thing. Um, but, and um, last couple of years, we've actually set our Christmas tree up because our son comes over with his wife and we set the Christmas tree, do a little setting up of the Christmas tree at our house while they're here. Oh, okay. So that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my menu. I'm pretty, pretty simple, easy, traditional type thing. So yeah, it almost sounds, well, I mean, we're, we do that. So if we're going to do a traditional meal, we'll do the turkey, the stuffing, um, carrots, Bob loves carrots and onions. And I have the ones I just dug out of my garden Mm -hmm. and potatoes and gravy and then some type of pie, probably pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I have pumpkin, so that would probably be it. And then probably some snacky stuff, you know, okay. chips and crackers. Yeah, you've got a bigger family than us. Yeah. Yeah, so for us, it's just, you know, the three kids. We've got one that's married, Chastity's disabled, and then we've got Madison, and she's not sure if she's going to be here or she's with, be with the, the boyfriend, boyfriend. <laughs> or there with the boyfriend. So she's they, they're still discussing that, discussing that, discussing yeah. that part. So, yeah. um, so we will see. Last year she was actually in um, San Diego with her aunt for Thanksgiving. So oh, okay. if she misses this Thanksgiving, she'll be gone for two Thanksgivings in a row, which is kind of odd. Yeah. 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 But that's okay. She's, she's getting to that stage yeah, of life. She's, yep. She's getting to the point where that's that stuff's going to be happening and type things. So. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're pretty, we're pretty traditional, you know, when, when we had more family, you know, we used to host Thanksgiving for my side of the family and then my sister and her kids, her husband, her kids. So when my mom and my dad, my grandma and grandpa, but you know, I'm down to, I've got my mom and my sister and her husband are kind of, their kids are getting older and everything. And so they're kind of do their own thing. And so we kind of do our own thing. Their side is yep. getting bigger. And so yep. to put them all together would yep. be. Yep. It gets to be a lot. And so um, we've just kind of really downsized, you know, because my grandparents are now gone. My dad's gone. Rich's dad's gone. His mom lives in another state, along with most of his sisters are in another state. We can just keep it really small and cozy. So I don't have to make That's- as much food. Yeah. Well, it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's yes. almost a holiday. Except yeah. you still have your cows they have to go. Yeah, I still have to do all the regular stuff and it's always easier for people to come here because otherwise we have to leave because we have to go home and milk the cows. Yeah. So it's easier to host 
Yeah, have everybody come to me. It's like we always come out here because it's easier. <laughs> yeah, it's easier. It's easier because you. It's like we'd have to wait for the cow for you to finish milking and mm-hmm. chows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, it just it just works easier. Let's see anything else. I was thinking that maybe we should talk a little bit about chickens. Family-owned PeteCoSupply.com brings small-town customer service to their online farm store. PeteCoSupply.com specializes in automatic waterers from top brands such as Miraco, Jug, Franklin, Trojan, and Ritchie, as well as other products for your operation. Find your farm supplies and automatic waterers at PeteCoSupply.com. That's P-E-T-E-C-O-Supply.com. PeteCoSupply. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of things about chickens lately. And, you know, here in Minnesota, you do have to think about chickens in the winter. So I thought maybe we should talk about chickens because I've been dealing with chickens this past week, <laughs> getting ready for winter. But I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about yeah. chickens. What do you what do you know about chickens besides they lay eggs? <laughs> and they, you, lay they eggs. taste good. <laughs> and they taste good. Um, I grew up with chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we I had I come from a big family, you know. There's six kids, mom mm-hmm. and dad. Mm-hmm. So there's eight people in our house, and we raised chickens for um, to butcher. And you know, every spring we got hundred a hundred chickens. Okay. We butchered, and then we, of course, for eggs when you have that many people and mm-hmm. stuff. Beyond that, <laughs> I have not picked a chicken egg or helped butcher chickens in forty years. Wow, f- almost fifty years. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I come from the opposite. I come yeah. from we grew up in town. Yeah. And we we got our chick we got our eggs from grandma. Grandma yeah. cuz grandma grandma, you know, back then, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, grandma raised egg layers and they sold the eggs, loaded the, oh, the trunk okay. up with their eggs from their chickens and hauled them off to they drove down to Redwood. Oh, okay. And um there was a big egg place there and, whatever. The eggs and, and they bought those eggs and resell them yep and then resold them repackaged them and all that kind of stuff and i grew up knowing that you know and i remember in the spring grandma would you know her porch would be full of baby chicks because yeah. she replenished her stock yeah of of chickens so that's that's what i remember um you know i remember picking eggs with grandma and grandma's like oh don't put your hand in that one because that that chicken is a you it's know pecks, peck, yeah. and whatever and grandma always had little scars all over her finger, hands you know from from doing this i mean she did eggs for years yep. so that that's where i come from you know when we bought chicken at the store when yep. we went out to grandma's grandma always had chicken in the freezer um there were, she never bought chicken because she had a flock of probably 100 to 200 layers oh yeah yeah she had a huge laying flock but my mom always bought chicken we got the eggs from grandma because grandma could not sell brown eggs they had to be white eggs and so she had some banties and some other chickens in there that laid colored eggs and so we would get those and then whatever else we wanted you know for additional eggs but mom never bought eggs at the store yeah whereas um, i have mm-hmm, you know since mm-hmm, moving mm-hmm, away from home mm-hmm. as a te- as a you know young adult mm-hmm. i have bought eggs and chicken from the store mm-hmm. still do occasionally and i off you know living here where we live now i have bought um eggs from farmers mm-hmm. and i bought eggs from you mm-hmm but that is my extent. And then in our town, we are not allowed to have livestock in town. So mm-hmm. we can't have you can't have chickens, chickens in town. Some towns do allow that. Yep. They do even, as long as you don't have a rooster. Yeah. That's even usually the thing. In the metro, there's mm-hmm. towns that will let you have yes, chickens. There it is. I mean, I think it's really funny that our little town 
rural America here. Yeah, you won't know. let you have chickens. Yeah, that is that that is interesting. That um, you know, you'd think out here where yeah. you have a smaller population or whatever, but yeah, most of the towns around here don't allow you yeah. to have any kind of livestock like that, like chickens and that type of thing. But I thought maybe we should just talk a little bit about chickens. Now, I started with chickens in. 2004 or five, maybe not knowing a whole lot about chickens. You know, <laughs> that I would never, be me now. yeah, I would never really raise chickens before, but my daughter had a friend whose dad needed to get rid of some chickens. <laughs> and so I'm like, sure, we'll take some chickens. We were living in town at the time. We're like, mm, we got a big old building. We're not supposed to have chickens while we were in town, but we're like, we got a big old building and we'll just put them in there. Somebody else came along, dropped off. So he brought over, I don't know, he come over, he brought the chickens in, in coolers, literally mm-hmm. like an igloo cooler. Yeah. Huh. He had them stuffed in there. And I don't, I don't even remember how many he brought. And they were younger chickens. And, oh, I don't know, there was probably maybe five or six of them or whatever. Released them in the building that we had. And sure enough, I had eggs coming. I remember that first egg that we found. And then one of them started crowing. And so... <laughs> We're like, okay, can't have that because people are going to hear that living in town because we're not supposed to have chickens in town. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I get to learn how to butcher a chicken. <laughs> I went on the internet, printed off how to butcher a chicken. <laughs> All the pages, I must have had 10 pages, pictures, everything, you know, <laughs> laid them out on a table, put them in, put them in um, plastic sleeves. So if they got wet Wait. or so, <laughs> laid them all out in order. <laughs> Oh, it took me forever to butcher that chicken that rooster he was it was a rooster and he was a young rooster so there wasn't a whole lot on him or whatever no. but we we dry plucked him if i remember correctly and rich actually killed him so that was that see i could have helped you with that i remember doing that part i was involved in that part so yeah that that's and i i it probably took me four hours to butcher this stupid chicken but but we did it in our basement you know whatever but it you know it was a learning experience anyway yeah so that's my that was my introduction to chickens <laughs> shortly thereafter rich's dad passed away leaving the farm we decided that maybe Maybe we should put some chickens out there. There was really nothing out on the farm. He had kind of, I don't want to say he had abandoned it, but he hadn't, you know, he wasn't residing here. So there was, there was things disappearing off the farm and stuff like that. And so we thought, well, we get some activity going up there, you know, um, yeah. bring some chickens in and, you know, that type of thing. And I was like, okay, so I guess we'll start with chickens. I'll start with chicks. That's where I was going to start with. I learned that you can actually order chicks you don't have to raise them yourself, but you can order them from a hatchery and they come in the mail. They come in the United States Postal yeah, Service. Yeah, I always thought that was weird. Yep, yep. You can actually order them and they, you know, there's a minimum. Usually it's 25 chicks is okay. your minimum, especially in the winter, you know, because oh. most people, that's when you're looking. You're looking for chick. You want your chickens to be laying by spring or by summer. Okay. And so, and it takes five months for a chicken to go from, or from a chick to grow to a chicken to start laying eggs. Okay. You know, if you want eggs in May, you need to have your chickens in December or January so that you have them laying by then. I don't even remember. I know it was winter when we ordered them. I don't remember exactly what month it was, but I remember, yep, got a call from the post office and you could hear, you can hear them cheeping in the background you know so we tootle off to the post office pick it up at the back door you know with this box of box of chicks we had ordered them from mcmurray hatchery i believe 
there they were. And we were raising chickens in our basement. Once again, still living in town, not supposed to have chicks, <laughs> chickens in 25 town. of them now. Yeah. And there was at least 25. And I think we had ordered just a few extras just to make sure we yep. had 25 chickens. And I had ordered dual purpose, a dual purpose breed because we were like, we're not sure if we're going to keep them over winter or not, if we're going to butcher them. So I had ordered barred rocks and, oh gosh, I don't remember what they're, Delaware's, Turkins, I think. I don't remember. It was kind of a mixed dual purpose thing. We just kind of ordered and they were as also, a newbie. You just yep, like, let's wing it. Yep. Yep. Just, just wing it. We'll see what, what happens. And I kind of, you know, I did my research to make sure that they would butcher out at a fairly decent thing. Okay. You don't want to leghorns are a laying hen. That's what most of your eggs that are in the grocery store come from leghorns because oh, okay. they lay a big egg, a white egg. They do well in Confinement. In stuff. confinement, that time. They do better than your fat chickens, and they take less feed because they're very thin bird. They don't do real well up here in the winter in Minnesota oh. if you raise them on your homestead, you know, where you don't have heated barns and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, they suffer a lot because they just don't have the bulk to And then your survive. production would go down anyway. Yes. Those are those are the preferred chickens that um, most of the egg producers have. It's usually leghorns. So even like big commercial places? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a leghorn's a white bird. She's pure white, has big okay. red comb on them. So I had done that research. We had this mix, mixed, I don't know if they were exactly heritage breed or not, but um, we also had two turkeys that had been dropped off by a friend of mine who had found them in the ditch because we have Janioas out yep. here. How they used to do it when they were loading birds, they lost birds and you'd find turkeys standing in the ditch because oh. when they, how they loaded them and stuff. And sometimes the turkey would end up on top of the truck and they like, mainstream that all and you don't really see that anymore. No. Um, but there for a while you did. And she had picked up these two turkeys and she's like, you want these two turkeys? And so we had two turkeys as well <laughs> out here, two big white, you know, broad breasted turkeys out here. And um, so we raised those in the, in the house. And once they were big enough, we brought them out to the farm here and, Yep, we got eggs and all that kind of stuff, and then in the fall we did we did decide to butcher them because we weren't going to run out here every day trying to. No, no, if you're still living in town yep, and not out here to take care of them. Yep, trying to tend them, and so we butchered all of them, and oh, it was if I remember right, we did it. It was it was quite cold already. We had like we were butchering them like in late October, early November. Oh, yeah. and it was a cold year if I remember right. Anyway, so then we kind of just got rid of all our chickens. Um, by the time we started over again we were moving out here. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a big deal. That's how I got started in um, with chickens. And I've had chickens out here off and on all the while we've lived out here. Sometimes I have chickens that I really tend to. And once Madison entered 4-H, then she showed poultry. And so oh, then okay. we usually had fresh chickens every, or we had fresh chicks every, every, every spring. spring because you don't, that's, that's the only time you can show is that first year. After oh. that, you you don't show chickens. You don't show a bird that's two years old. That has to be a bird that was born that same year. Okay. Um, and so in her favorite breed to show is a barred rock. And it's just a black and white speckled bird. And that was that's her absolute favorite to show. Which hmm. is interesting because when you show them, you have to have them. Their patterns need to be matching. And that is not exactly easy to do. And she did very, very well, considering we only probably ordered 10 chickens. And she had had two okay. birds that match out of 10 chickens, which is not a Oh, she lot. had to show a pair? Yeah, you had to show a pair. Oh, okay. And they're brown. Of course, barred rocks lay brown eggs. And so they're 
considered, you know, because you can show white egg layers and brown egg layers. And, and the category and, is for the 4-H. Yes. In, yep. So we, <laughs> we raised a lot of barred rocks out here. I currently do not have any barred rocks out here. Madison stopped showing poultry when she graduated out of 4-H, which would have been about five years ago. So there for a while, then when she graduated, I had some chickens out here, but they were just a mishmash of chickens. So it yeah, just, see, until this year, I didn't really know. I knew you had a few chickens, but mm-hmm. not. I don't think you had enough for to no. collect eggs or anything. No, I have chickens out here. They live in the calf barn. Yeah, and they're just miscellaneous birds that um, just kind of come and go. You know, I've I've collected. You know, people are like, "Will you take my two chickens or whatever?" And like, that's fine. We'll just throw them in the barn. I do not feed those chickens. Those chickens are down there for bug control. They fend for themselves. You catch them eating cat food. They'll eat the food from the pigs. You know, oh, okay. um, grain that we, we that do, falls on the ground. Yeah, anything that falls on the ground, they help themselves to. We have calf starter for our our calves, and they will eat that stuff. But that's what they do: goat feed, whatever. So that's they. I don't. I don't tend those chickens. And if if I find eggs, I a collect bonus. them. Yep. If I don't find eggs, pretty soon I find a mama hen and her babies running around. You know that type of thing. So it really wasn't a thing. And I bought my eggs from the neighbor. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So I got my eggs from the neighbor until this past year. Then I decided that um, I wanted to have chickens again. So I actually bought hens versus raising chicks because raising chicks is, I mean, the chicks are really cute and all that kind of stuff. But, but it's I, work. It's work. And so, you know, in exchange for that, I paid for my hens. And you, instead of paying 3 $4 a bird, I paid, I think, 18 or 19 for a bird that was about two weeks out from laying. Oh, so, okay. you know, cause they so a lot that, of that, that five months you gained. Yes. But I had to pay for that. Yeah. You had to pay yeah, for that time. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not that is something that you, you prefer to do one way or the other. If I did it again, I'd probably buy hens. If I could get my hands on young hens again, since I don't need to worry about Madison showing them or anything yeah. like that, you know, and these happen to be a hybrid. They're a Rhode Island red cross of some kind. I don't remember a red star. I remember they're about, but so they're hybrid. How, how many hens do you have out there? We have um we have nineteen hens. Okay. And this summer I was getting eighteen eggs a day from them. Oh my So I mean goodness. they really lay. Um, they are brown egg layers. They are still laying. I've I got eleven eggs today, and I got eleven eggs yesterday from them, and they should be slowing down more than that by now. Just See, because, I was surprised that you're still getting that many. Yeah, I am. I am too. But I've had, I mean, the last time I had a flock of laying birds, they laid all winter for me. And I, I don't know why. They love you, Carol. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember because I had about 25 oh, then. Okay. Um, yeah, they laid all winter. They they slowed down some. But I mean, past years when I've had egg layers, I'm lucky if I get an egg a day. But yeah. that particular year, they actually laid, and there was a few other people I talked to, and they're like, yeah, my chickens are still laying, too, and I'm not really doing anything real Extra. special to make them lay like that. I, I'm not doing anything different than I've done in the past, and for some reason, I don't know if the temperatures were just warmer or yeah. what, because really, for chickens to lay eggs, they need a certain amount of daylight or light. Yeah. And heat so they do not need heat. If you give them heat, you know, have an insulated barn or whatever, they are fine with that. It's not going to hurt them at all. I don't. My my building is insulated. I do supplement light in the winter for them. Okay. So I, I and I just did this just this past week. So I, I did it. I actually did it yesterday. I got the coop all hooked up because there is electricity there. And so I plugged in the, our, I have a water, heated water for them, hooked up a light. And so my light comes on at 
about 4.35 o'clock in the morning, it shuts off at 7. My chickens get, for, for today, they got 12, about 12 to 13 hours of daylight. They say they need at least 12 to 14 hours. And so to get them to lay, honestly, my lighting isn't affecting them yet because this morning was the first time they would have gotten that. Yeah, they went so, they haven't. So, yeah. so you're still so, getting eggs just yeah, because. Because, and I don't know if it's because of the hybrid part. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I just, that just really surprised me because I expected to, you know, we were thinking more like, you know, four or five. But. Well, I know because I needed eggs mm-hmm. and I'm like, do you have eggs? Mm-hmm. Thinking maybe they had really <laughs> slowed down. But you go, nope, I got eggs. Yep, like, yep, okay. Yep. I've got, I've still got eggs. I don't, you know, January, maybe not so much. Yeah. But, I did put supplemental lighting on them. That's just part of chicken keeping. I mean, and that's a personal choice on people if you want to supplement or not. If you want to, you know, some people believe that your chickens need to rest in the winter. So you shouldn't force them to lay. And it by forcing them to lay by supplementing the light is going to shorten their lifespan. Okay. I don't know, but my thing is, is, I want eggs. I'm still feeding my you're chickens. Feeding them, I'm yeah. still feeding my chickens, and my nothing's and it's al- not, and, no- it's, and it's not like you're going to butcher them in the spring and be able to eat them, right? And you know, I, every animal out here serves some kind of a purpose. purpose. Yep. And I'm still feeding you, and so it, it, if I'm not getting eggs from you, I'm going to have to go to the store to buy them. And guess what? Those chickens are being forced to lay. Yep. They all winter are. long, they're they're doing the exact same thing I'm doing, or just doing it on a small scale. And most of my chickens probably don't die from old age. My chickens get picked off by predators. Yeah. You know, or whatever. You know, they get themselves into some stupid predicament and they end up, uh, chickens are not very smart, but, (laughs) you know, whatever. You know, so that's not a real concern about me to keep a chicken, you know, here for 10 years because after a certain amount of years, they're not going to lay very well for you anyway. No, that's when they become a stewing. Yeah, they become a stew bird. That's that's my take on that. Because even, you know, in warmer climates... Where, you know, granted their days would be shorter, but still, you know, like in southern Minnesota or southern the United States, I'm sure the chickens are laying down there or they're supplementing with lights and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that, that, that's my understanding anyway, that chickens need a certain amount of light in order to lay like they do in the summertime or whatever. And so I do choose to supplement, to supplement and I've set up a timer. So. I did do some reading on that and somebody was saying that I used to do it where I'd have the light come on in the morning and then extend it after dusk as well. Yeah. But I was reading, someone said that that isn't always a good idea to extend it past dusk in the night because the chicken, if it's busy eating, you know, busy eating its feet or drinking or whatever, and the suddenly the lights go off and it's pitch black, your chicken now doesn't, doesn't has a doesn't have a chance to go roost oh. and she's stuck there wherever she was because it's suddenly dark and she can't she find can't it. find her way to the roost or you know nest box or whatever she usually yeah. sleeps in or whatever and I was like oh that's a really good yeah, point good. yeah you know that's a really good point and so I'm like nope I'm just gonna I'm gonna just have the light come on it I think it comes on at actually 4:30 and shuts off at seven. And in I got, the morning. Yeah, in the morning. Okay. And so I'm like, nope, when it gets dark at night, I'm just going to leave that. You that know, it, and I thought, yeah, I was like, boy, that is a, that's a really good point. I So that's almost like, that. you know, blending the two methods, mm-hmm. meshing them together, mm-hmm. using the both of, mm-hmm. the good of both of them. Because mm-hmm. you're still letting the birds natural, yep. part of their day be natural. Right. And letting the, the right. daylight. Yeah. Yep. Because my chickens have outside access all yeah. winter long and, you know, 
maybe in a snowstorm I might close the coop so that they can stay inside and I don't have a chicken standing outside in the snow and, you know, buried under a foot of snow. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, it snows too hard and the the coop entrance is blocked and they can't even get in. That's when I'll close up my coop, but I like to have it open. Well, it's good for them to get out and run. That would be my opinion. It's good for them to get out and run. Yeah, but I tell you, the I don't know, was it yesterday morning, the day before or whatever, I went out there and I just had thrown them some scraps from the kitchen and I just usually throw that in the yard for them. And they're all like sticking their heads out the window, out the door, and they're like, "Well, I don't know if we want to walk in this white stuff." You know, they've never seen never snow. seen the snow. <laughs> I was like, "Haven't you guys been out of the coop for a couple of days? Because it's been kind of snowing yeah. off and on, you know, or whatever." And but yeah, they were like, "Oh, I, uh, I don't know about this," you know. Or they eventually did come out, but it was just kind of funny to watch them, kind of like, like, "Okay, well, this isn't what it looked like yesterday, or whatever, yeah. you know, type thing." But. Uh, that's that's the one thing I do in the wintertime for my chickens. I do supplement light and I do put heated water in there. And now on the small farm sustainability and homestead living group, I did see some people talking about what they do. Somebody asked how you do water for your chickens in the winter. Oh, okay. That was a question that had come up in there. And there were some people that are just like, well, we just water them twice a day, throw the ice chunk out, put the water, you know, put okay. the bowl back down, whatever. And some use the heater, heated pail like I do. Yeah. Others were, they use a um, a heated pan and then you put the, the water, your chicken water on top of that heated pan. Oh. Some people use a crock pot. They set, they put a crock pot that they find at Goodwill and um, set it on low and they say that works really well too. Now, I'm not sure I would want to have a crock pot sitting in my chicken coop. Yeah. I, yeah, somebody's like, oh, I've been doing that for years. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I it was. You can maybe see if it was in the yard, but in the coop. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I'd want that. I mean, I can see where it works. Yeah, I can see the the principle and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the thing is, though, is it, is it the electricity that you have something plugged in? Because it's like you have a light plugged in. So what's the difference between the light and the crock pot? Because you're not putting that on a timer, though. No. You're leaving it no, plugged yeah, in. No, yeah, you'd have to leave it plugged in. Otherwise, it's going to, at least in our climate, it's going to freeze. freeze. I guess maybe maybe I'm just a crock pot hoarder. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I think don't you know. still have the crock pot you got for a wedding <laughs> gift, right? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so I'm not sure I want to, you know, put them out, you know, put a crock pot out there. That's I was like, oh, I think my pail system is much better. You know, I have a pail got a cover on it and then it's got nipples on it for the for the chickens to peck at and i just fill the top of it and i put the lid back on the water stays clean all the so time how is your the pail is plugged in or you have the, one ta- of the-, the pail is plugged in it has a heating a coil in the in bottom it? nope it has a coil in the bottom of it it's a it's a heated chicken watering pail is what it oh, is Oh, okay yep and so it's got nipples in it and so they just peck at this red thing that's got a little tiny dot in it and it just releases water oh, okay for them and it oh gosh Hmm. I had that when Madison raised her last batch of chickens for for four H. So okay. it's been out there for five years and it's still working. Okay. I was like, that's good enough for me. Well, yeah. So it, yeah, if it's working, yep, let's it's not working. mess with the system. So that's what I do for um water in the winter time for my chickens. Let's see what else can we talk about. Oh, another thing to consider when you're getting chickens, and you live in a cold climate like we do is that you might not want to get a, a chicken or breed a chicken that has um, a big comb or big wattles. Oh, oh. Wattles are what comes off underneath the, the beak ch- or underneath their cheeks, whatever 
you know, and then their combs, which is on the top of their head, because those things get frostbit up here. Um, And so I prefer chickens that have a rose comb or no comb at all. Okay, I did not know you could get one without a comb. Or they have a really, really really, short, really, really short. So um, good suggested breeds like that are, um, let's see, I do believe the Bard Rock has uh, a rose comb. Leghorns have the have the really big floppy right. comb and they right. do not do well up here. We've had leghorns up here because Madison worked at the state fair and they hatch out chicks oh. and she worked in the barnyard and she when her shift home. was done, they get rid of all those chicks and ducks that and turkeys that were born there during the, during their stint because it's split into two. You only work six days oh, okay. and then there's another shift that comes in and works another six days. And she brought home leghorns and she had brought home ducks and, the leghorns that that's the first thing that frostbite Happened. on them is is their comb so if you want to prevent that as far as um if you have chickens you like the chickens that have that Feature. big comb or whatever is you need to put vaseline on their combs and wattles and that <laughs> will protect them from frostbite i can just see that happening <laughs> i don't do that no. um and so i try to try to stick with chickens that Breeds don't that work yeah, for this that situation. work should have a smaller comb or have a rose comb you know, that type of thing. My chickens out here do have a bit of a comb, but not very much. And I mean, chickens do freeze their toes. You know, they'll be missing toes sometimes. Living up here, it's a hard when you're poultry. It's a hard. It's hard. Poultry. Well, I think it's hard for a lot of animals mm-hmm. and people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that there's a few things that you can do. I do know some people who say that you can take cayenne pepper or crushed red pepper flakes yep. and that add that to their feed. And that's supposed to help keep them warm because oh, the heat the heat of the spices never done that so i honestly can't speak for that but that is something that people say they do and it lets their chick it allows their chickens to lay more in the winter time i don't know i've never tested that theory i'm sure they'd eat it oh you know they no. eat almost anything don't yeah they? yeah they really do they even eat things that aren't food so i don't know so speaking of foods what do you feed your chickens compared summer winter I really don't change mine at all. Okay. I have my, my chickens eat crumbles or they eat scratch grains. That's what, that's what I feed or feed organic feed out here, scraps. And they get that stuff year round. I don't really change anything for them. And I'm trying to think if there would be any reason to do that. You know, they do, you know, you can feed them oyster shells, um, grit and those type of things. But I don't use a lot of grit out here just because my chickens have outside access Okay. And they've always got dirt. How about the winter do? time? Do they have a lot of dirt? Um, no, probably not. But I've never done grit on a real regular basis for them. I guess I've never really had a problem with it. Okay. Because if I remember right, it's been many years, of course, since mm-hmm. I raised chickens with my family. Grit is to help them to digest their food, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so it gets into their gizzard and that's where, you know, they don't really have a stomach. That oh, that's gizzard. where they process yeah, the it, process, their body processes yeah, yeah, it. The, that's that. Into the, the elements, gizzard. whatever so the body needs. The gizzard needs that grit in order to grind up the feed and um, okay. utilize the whatever they're eating, you know, type okay. of the nutrition that they need. Or My whatever. dad taught me this many years ago, but. <laughs> and the oyster oyster shells are to help um, with the shell. shell. Egg, egg yeah, production. The, to help with the getting a strong shell so you don't oh, okay. have weak shells on your, yes. on your eggs. Let's see, what else can we talk about about chickens? Um, oh, I know. There's a question I get quite often is, do I need a rooster in order for my chickens to lay? Oh. Yep. I was just asked that probably in the last two months. 
so how many roosters do you have to get your chickens to lay? And I'm like, oh, well, actually in my, in my organic flock, I don't have a single rooster in there because you don't need one. You only, not for eggs. Not for eggs. That's all. Not for eggs. Now, if you want chicks, yep. then you need a rooster. Um, but no, you do not need a rooster in order to get eggs, your chickens to lay eggs. They will automatically lay eggs. Yep. That is, that is just, not, it's what they're made yep, for. That's what they're made for. So you, yeah, you do have roosters in your calf barn. Yes, I because do. Because I've heard them. Yep. Chickens do their thing down there. Honestly, that's all. They just do their thing. If they have babies, great. If they don't, great. If they find so, eggs, great. doesn't matter. They're really there for bug control. Oh, okay. So they're not there as a meat bird or nope. anything? Okay. No. And most of, and I've got like banty mixed in there. So a lot of those birds are quite small. Oh, okay. And so most of them die either by predator or old age. Yeah. You, you know, you have a pr- predator issue out here. Yes, we do. We have coyotes out here. My um, organic laying flock is actually in an enclosed run. Yeah. You know, they do not free range out here. And I did contemplate doing that this fall for a little bit, letting them out or whatever. But I just decided not to. I think their safety was just a little bit more important to me yeah. than letting them just run wherever they want to. Um, I might change my mind next year. Yeah. You know, next spring when I, I, I don't know, but I have always had them in an enclosed run. So they can get outside. They just have a limited area. Yeah. And every once in a while, one flies out over the top of the, of my fencing and they're fairly tame. I just catch them, put them back in the coop. Yeah. You know, it's not a big deal. So you don't have a roof on your nope. run? No, there's no roof on the run. So it's open, but it's short enough. We did, we did have a problem many years ago where we had hawks come in and our run was too long. Oh. And we had meat birds in that, in that particular run and the oh, hawks would swoop down, down and pick them off. And so we've learned in the process of that, that we have to have a smaller square footage so, so they don't have yeah. the ability to be able to swoop down, fine tuning it so that they aren't so easily picked off by, so, by other things. Cause we have bald eagles out here and hawks and falcons and all so kinds of stuff. So how about like other predators like rac- rac- raccoons I've, or, or skunks or anything like that issues with chickens? I, yes. Um, raccoons, I don't know if raccoons are chicken killers, but they do steal eggs. Mink are terrible. Mink are really bad. And I know we have mink out here, but I've never had an issue with them. Knock on wood. Um, because you have a creek that runs through your land. Yep. So we, and we know there's mink out here, but we've never had a problem. And mink are terrible because they just, they come in for the chicken and they kill the chicken and they take the blood, if I remember correctly. True. And they leave the carcass. Oh, they don't even eat them. Mm-hmm. No. So I know someone who had chickens not too far from us a friend of mine she kept losing chickens that way and so her son went out and sat there and picked off the mink with a shotgun or rifle whatever he used or whatever he was like mom's mom's chickens can't be picked off all the time and yeah so i know they're around here but we really haven't had a problem with them i rarely see a raccoon okay out here and i'm i'm not sure why we've had a pet raccoon that (laughs) madison had a friend who rescued a couple raccoons and we ended up with one of those raccoons and we have some possum. We do have a possum population out here. In fact, Madison just found one this past week living in her rabbit tree. We do have domestic rabbits out here. And she found um, a possum. And she's got this thing about possums. She loves possums for some reason. And so she was carrying around. Here's our new kitty cat. We bring it in the house. No, we're not no. having a possum in the house. <laughs> we've, we've had possum in the house too. And she had found a, a dead mama and, and harvested the babies and raised them. 
So we've had a possum in the she house. She amazes and, me with I know, animals. She's quite the girl. That's that. Those are the predators we have out here. Okay. Um, and I really don't have, I really haven't had an issue with anything like that. And then, of course, we have coyotes. Yeah. So the coyotes don't usually come up where we're living. Around the in house. Our, but, yeah. I mean, I, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, we we used to raise turkeys out here and mama tur- turkey would come back in from pasture and she went from having a dozen poults following her to 10 and you just know slowly that, slowly yep, surely yep, surely then yep and um, when we had ducks out here too i finally the ducks kept getting picked off and so i finally threw the ducks in with the pigs and our ducks lived in with the pigs just fine coyotes won't enter that pen and the pigs didn't bother them so that's where my that ducks amazes went. me these pigs will eat almost anything too yep. well i've got a rooster right now living in our pig pen he's been living in there for i don't know how many years and he just he just eats along with the with the pigs when rich feeds mm-hmm. them and whatever and every once in a while i find him over by my organic chicken coop and i'm thinking i don't understand how you cannot figure out how to fly in there with those girls but no he just walks around the outside <laughs> from here looking at all the pretty girls and then very soon he just wanders off and i see him back in the pig pen so i'm like okay well i mean if he goes in there i don't care yeah. you know but it's just it's just like but yeah he's he's lived out there for for i bet he's been out there for at least three years oh. and he never goes in the barn he's always he's always out in our our, our pig pasture pig pen whatever you want to call it so pig run yeah the pig run or whatever yeah he's always yep he sleeps on top of them and when they're all piled up for the winter you know and he's sitting on top of so they warm so yeah he stays just fine he looks great he looks he's a beautiful rooster but yeah i don't know he's probably all the pop out all those chicks you get out there (laughs) could be i have no idea all the livestock we have out here chickens are probably one of the easiest livestock animals to start with Rabbits are pretty easy too, but chickens are easy keepers. They really are. They don't. They don't need a lot. No, they just need water and food every now yep. and then. And then you've got to clean the coop every now yeah, and then. Yeah, you got to clean up after them. Whatever. Um, but you know, like if you're raising them like I do with the ones that are in my um calf barn, that's almost hands off. Yeah, I don't really do anything at all with them. Um, but you know, I'm also not expecting them to lay eggs for me. Eggs, either. or you're not even expecting to butcher them. They're just right. pest control. Mm-hmm. But Which is in, nice on a farm. Yes. But I think chickens are a nice um, gateway, so to speak, a gateway oh, animal yes. for getting your feet wet into um, am, animal husbandry, you know, where you kind of learn they're not real difficult to take care of, don't need a lot of stuff. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people who worry about worming their chickens and all this other stuff. And I don't, I am really hands off with my chickens. I don't really do a whole lot with my chickens. I feed them, I water them, you know, I might monkey around with them and pet them and that type of thing or whatever. But I really don't do a whole lot with my chickens. In some towns that allow you have, to have chickens, you know, I think some a lot of times they limit to the number. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's like four. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't take you... I mean, you probably have to feed them once a week if you've got a feeding system mm-hmm. going on and mm-hmm. and make sure they have water every day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, only, the only drawback to having animals in Minnesota is January. <laughs> yeah. Yep. When you have to go out there and you have to take care of them, yeah, you know, yeah. when it's bitter cold and doesn't matter if it's storming or yep, it's the sun know, is shining. Yeah. January is the time of the year that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I like Minnesota, but January. <laughs> We just skip over January. Yeah, there's about but, three weeks in January we can just like, you know, not have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think chickens are a really nice place to start if you're if you're considering livestock. To dip They're, your toe yep, into livestock. Yep, you know, you don't need a whole lot of don't, equipment. Or space, building-wise. Yep. 
Yep. You know, they're, they're really quite easy to take care of. I do use, um, chickens like to dust themselves because chickens do get lice. Yeah. Um, and so I do use DE for that. I put a, just put a bowl out there, whatever. What is, what is, for those of us that, for those that don't know what DE is. let me see if I can pronounce it. Oh, I could probably do it for you. (laughs) Diatomaceous earth. There you go. Yes. That powder and. Um, we happen to, we use it. We use that everywhere here. I use yep, it. I, I use, use it in my garden. I use it. Yeah, I've used it in my garden to get rid of slugs. I have, um, I use it on our cows for mites or for oh, okay. lice. Because, and we use it on the horses. And I mean, we use it all over the place, but I do use it for the chickens for dusting. I put a bowl out for them. If, you know, most of the time they just dust in the dirt. They yeah. don't really care because they do have outside excess. But in the winter. Yeah, they don't then, have it now. Yeah. Then I put out a bowl of that for them. That is the one thing that I do diddle around, so to speak, with um, making sure they have that because um, I don't want my chickens to have lice and be miserable with that. No. That's not fun. No. And that's another reason why I prefer to have my coop open in the winter because lice like to live in that moist environment. Moist and closed, warm. Yep. Closed up like that. You know, they love that kind of thing. So that's another reason why I leave my coop open in the wintertime. So that... Fresh air. Yeah, fresh stuff. air and stuff. And so the chickens can get out of there and they're not just standing, sitting in a coop for four months just pooping. In the same place. Yeah, yep. in the same place all the time. Because it's hard to clean too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, that. it just helps with, with, you know, bug control, so to speak, um, on the, on the chickens. So here's a question. So oh. now that you have 16 chickens, you say yourself? I have 19. 19 chickens? Mm-hmm. So will you, will you be adding to them this spring? or Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Because you just got them this year. Yes. So how, so how long will these chickens lay and produce for you before you would start considering replacing them? I'd, I'd, in an ideal world, or how they usually say, is that um, they produce really well for years one and two and then after that, they start to dwindle. Now, I don't know. This is a hybrid chicken. Okay. And so I honestly don't know, but they they laid so heavy for me this first year that it wouldn't surprise me that they peter out a little bit here after two years. But I probably will not replace anybody unless something happens. Okay. I until don't, they really, until yeah, you see your numbers dropping really. Right. I mean, I really don't need more than... 18 eggs a day <laughs> oh yeah you were yeah it's like yep. oh do yep. you need eggs <laughs> um i don't i don't need that we use a lot of eggs in our house but i don't necessarily need you know 50 eggs a day type no, thing no um so i probably wouldn't replace them until i saw a, a definite Your numbers. You, my numbers go down or whatever and i like i said before i would probably look to buy hens and not raise them as so how chicks. hard is it to buy hens and yeah. it is it's hard to find them most people okay. most people start with um the chicks, chicks. The, yep. get them yep. in the mail yep you get them in the mail and you know they are a little bit cheaper although i will tell you that they are not cheap anymore you used oh, okay. to be able to buy baby chicks for a couple bucks or whatever yep. and now you're looking at three four dollars for a per chick and that gets expensive when one dies for you. Oh, yeah, you know, I so remember that's... my dad he had a formula he he wanted to butcher x amount of Mm-hmm. chickens and so he ordered always more because you would always lose mm-hmm. a handful mm-hmm. and 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 the dynamics of you know he happened to have a warm place for them and mm-hmm. everything yeah i just i remember i remember that part of the process being kind of putsy for my dad and my dad he grew up on a farm so he knew it mm-hmm. i would be clueless mm-hmm. of how to go about raising chicks and how i'd have to outfit the bar i'd be coming like carol help me do this <laughs> but then yeah. you know I can't have them in town, so yeah. Except I know somebody. Maybe, maybe we'll have to start talking to people about 
allowing, <laughs> especially in the times that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, that's one thing I wanted to talk about, the eggs, uh, the price of those eggs. Mm-hmm. So I happen to be in our little grocery store in town today. Mm-hmm. I stopped to pick up some coleslaw mix for my lunch. And I just walked by the cooler and I looked down and commercial eggs were $6 a dozen. And I went, <gasps> really? Yeah. And I'm like, really? is that real? And, and so I, I just did it as I walked by. I really didn't pause and look. And then he has farm fresh eggs too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look at the price of those. But I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know that the price has been kind of bouncing around. I mean, yeah. there for a couple times and I don't I don't get to town real often to go shopping. But I know a couple times I was in uh, in Walmart and there were no eggs at all. Yeah. You know, and let alone what the price of whatever it was. You yeah, know, whatever. I mean, yeah. I, sh- I shop Aldi's and there's been some times in the last four months or so mm-hmm. five months this summer they had no eggs mm-hmm. or they were limiting you to one or two dozen okay oh my goodness because eggs were always i always looked at eggs as a fallback food mm-hmm. if all else fails you could get some eggs they were cheap yeah, i was gonna say they're cheap protein yep you could have you know i mean if money was tight you'd always buy extra eggs mm-hmm. and an extra loaf of bread and mm-hmm. you can have eggs and toast mm-hmm. for any meal and so, so that was, it, it kind of shocked me when I saw they were $6 and I went, whoa. Yeah. And that's for a commercial. Commercial, commercial egg. Commercial egg. Unless you know, I was reading and, it wrong. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, like around here, most of our farmers that sell eggs, that the average is about $3 a yeah. dozen. And honestly, that person is really not making any money. No, the cost Be- of feed and everything. Yep. Feed is expensive and the time you put into it and that type of thing that you know, if you're looking for farm fresh eggs, you really, I would, if the prices in the store are true, like you say. Yeah. And um, granted, you know, our little town is always a little more higher mm-hmm, than if yep. we went to Wilmer. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, three, $3 a dozen is pretty, pretty cheap to get farm oh, yeah. fresh eggs as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, some people, maybe they just, they just love their chickens and it's just a little. It's a hobby. Yeah, it's a hobby. It's a little something to help out with the price of feed. I I don't know. Mine, mine sell for 5 to $6 a dozen. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, our organic feed's even more expensive. And I really probably am not making a whole lot of money on that either. But we consume a lot of those eggs and um, I feed them organically for our family. That's yeah. that's the important part to me. But yeah, I don't know how these people, even if they're feeding them conventionally. Well, and you know, I can only um, see it getting higher because of what I've heard farmers are getting for corn mm-hmm, this fall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? Oh, I don't think really raising chickens is is exactly cheap. No, I don't think no. so either. Um, but it is an easy livestock to have. And it doesn't take very long before you get something back. You know, it only takes five months if you buy your yeah. chicks. And five months later, you're getting something unlike you buy a calf. You're a two-year investment. You're, yeah, you're looking at 18 months if you're butchering it. Yeah. You know, at least 18 months. And you're looking at closer to two years if you're, you've got an animal that you want to... Um, breed and... Yeah, breed and you know, produce a baby whether it's beef or for milk or whatever, you know, let's say it's even a goat takes at least a year before you see anything back from a goat. Yeah. You know, chickens are easy. Yeah. Yep. They're easy. And if you're, you're, if you're looking for baby chicks, I mean, eggs incubate in 21 days. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, you can, you can have babies quite quickly, you know, it doesn't take very Actually, long. Actually, I mean, if you were into that and, and had a process figured out, you could keep replenishing your, your mm-hmm. flock. Mm-hmm. all year mm-hmm. you sure could that's what you wanted to do okay so the one thing we didn't discuss was that there's actually three different types of well there's probably four um different types of 
birds. You have your meat birds. Yep. Your egg-laying birds. There's your dual-purpose birds, which we talked a little bit yep. about those that are, are good for, for laying and for butchering. So if you've got a mixed box of hens and roosters or whatever, you could put those roosters in the freezer on those type of breeds. And then there's also game hens. Those are usually a smaller bird, and there's not a whole, whole lot of meat on them. They're very... Oh, so are we talking like quail or so, yeah, some, guine, is it a new guinea or? Um, I'm not sure where guineas fall. Guineas, yeah, but there's not a lot of meat on a guinea. No. They're, they're pretty, but most game birds are extremely light too. Okay. You know, so you don't get a lot of meat on those type of birds. I've never really had, we've had some guineas out here and Madison raised quail for like one year until her cat got into there and <laughs> ate her quail. So... <laughs> Um, (laughs) i really don't have a lot of experience with the game birds but there is there is that category there is that category so if somebody's wanting to learn Mm -hmm. they can look into that category too yep i think maybe at some point we should probably discuss raising meat birds since you have a little bit of experience with that as well in the butchering process and and that type of thing but you know cornish cross are probably your most common that that bird now that you say that, that sounds very familiar. Yep, they've been around for a really long time. Yep. They're they're truly bred to to get big, eat, fa- eat, fast, aren't poop, they? And sleep. That's about all they do. Yeah, they they grow fast, and you only keep them for about eight weeks. They they usually reach yep. maturity. Actually, at that. you say that my daughter and son-in-law did that two summers ago. Mm-hmm. You know, they bought the chickens. Somebody else raised them for them, mm-hmm. and then they split them. Okay. But it was it mm-hmm. was. They bought them in May and butchered them in July. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. They don't. They don't usually hang around real long. And I mean, they if you grow them any bigger than that, they usually outgrow the capacity that their heart has to oh function correctly, and they usually die because yeah, they get they get so heavy they 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 break their legs. Oh, and, you know yep. they can't fly because they're they, I mean they're bred to be heavy. Yeah, and so you know there's a lot of risk that goes with trying to extend them any farther you know you might be able to get to 10 weeks or 14 weeks i've had some that have lasted longer than that it's really not worth it it's okay. really not yeah your best your best bet is to butcher them in that eight to ten week period we could probably discuss that more in detail as to why you'd want to raise them and yeah. what are your other options besides cornish cross because there are other birds out okay. there that people raise for meat that aren't necessarily an egg layer or dual purpose bird <laughs> That's all I know about chickens. Okay. Or all the questions I have about chickens right now. Maybe we should have chickens in town. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know somebody on the, yeah. the city council, don't you? <laughs> I do know somebody on the city Maybe a couple of them on the city council. Um, so I'll probably have chickens out here for, for a while, at for, least my egg for layers. For a few years anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm contemplating raising meat birds. Um, I do have a lot of people who ask me yeah. for, for meat birds, but they are very labor intensive. It's a short yeah, it's eight weeks of very labor intensive because they do take a lot more time than raising hens, hands, laying hens. They're 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 labor intensive because you really do have to know what you're doing when you're raising meat birds. But and you're limited on space. You couldn't do a big crop of chickens down here. I wouldn't because um, you don't have like a pen or anything. To no, when we when we did it before, we did have a chicken tractor that we drug through the through the um we actually had a vineyard out here and we drug it through the vineyard oh okay and so for eight weeks every day twice a day day we move move. that and it's it's a lot of work 
And so. And as we get older. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said, it's only eight weeks, but. It's but then, too, that's during the time that you've been calving in the summer, too, haven't you? Calving? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this summer, yeah, this summer we had we had calves born throughout the summer. Usually I kind of taper that off or whatever, but I will have calves again this summer because we got the bull in here late. The bull is breeding now, and so we're looking at August babies. So I'm not sure, but it would be nice to have my own chicken again. And not to know have what's to look, in it. Yep. And not that I don't trust the people that I bought chicken from. I do. But sometimes it's kind of nice to say, hey, I raised my own. You yeah. Know, and you can maybe make, you know, make a little money off of selling. Because, I mean, chickens. To buy farm raised chickens around here is not cheap. No. It's, the least I've seen is $3 a pound. And the most I've seen is about $5 a pound. Yeah. And so yeah. that's not a cheap, it's not a cheap chicken. But I, I get it. Because yep. I've raised them myself, oh, yeah. and I know that they're worth every penny. Yep. Um, just because I know how hard it is to raise them, and I know how much they eat. And then if you were going to raise them on organic feed, you're looking at way more than five dollars a pound. Yeah. Yep. Unless you can raise your own organic feed, um, if you have to buy it, you're going to be paying a lot for those yep. chickens. We'll we'll see, but we'll maybe touch on a little bit more about raising meat birds. You know, when it comes more. In the spring or whatever, spring, when people are looking, topics. yeah, um, we'd like to once again thanks thank picosupply.com for um, sponsoring our podcast, and you can check us out at twogalshomesteading.com, also on Facebook under the same name and on Instagram. We have a TikTok. We have a TikTok. We have a video on it. Okay, all and right. So, so we're slowly getting into the TikTok. Yes, I have a new phone with a better camera. Okay, and more storage space. <laughs> so yes, we're we're working on uh, getting some videos up and, and that type of thing, and so hopefully, you can check us out in those places. Thank you for listening to the Homestead Podcast's latest episode. Your hosts Carol Radke and Jamie Kappis are two gals homesteading. To learn more, go to twogalshomesteading.com or the Two Gals Homesteading Facebook page at facebook.com slash twogalshomesteading. Editing, audio production, and marketing of the Homestead Podcast is the responsibility of Media Transex. The Homestead Podcast is an audio product of Media Transex, a limited liability company, based in Minnesota, USA. We'd like to give a special thank you to PicoSupply.com for sponsoring our podcast. So until next time. Put some keeper on it. <laughs>